0: You're listening to Warlike Art, and I'm Mark Masters. Today I'm going to talk about a drug called Zofran, a drug which has been proven to cause birth defects in expectant mothers. So begin with a recent study cast doubt on the safety of Zofran, which is a popular morning sickness and nausea drug, sometimes prescribed to pregnant women. And findings suggest that the drug increases the risk of severe birth defects and injury to the mother significantly. Zofran is a 5-HT3 receptor antagonist manufactured by a pharmaceutical company called GlaxoSmithKline. The drugs work by blocking a neurotransmitter called serotonin in the areas of the brain that trigger nausea and vomiting are only approved for use in treating nausea and vomiting after chemotherapy, radiotherapy, or after surgeries. But doctors continue to prescribe it for off-label purposes to treat nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. Now, doctors also pre- prescribe Zuplens, a similar drug, to mothers suffering from morning sickness. Now, has the equivalent chemical makeup as Zofran, so it's safe to say this drug can engender pregnancy. And a study conducted by Dr. Gideon Koren published in the December 2014 issue of American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology highlights the risk of pregnant women taking Zofran, conflicting studies that cannot rule out the dangers to the fetus. Koren is affiliated with the Mother Risk Program. The Hospital for Sick Children and the University of Toronto, Canada. The study of nine hundred thousand Danish women in August two thousand thirteen review found, quote, twofold increased risk of cardiac malformations with ondansetron or Zofran, leading to an overall thirty percent increased risk of major congenital malformations, unquote. Around 80% of pregnant women suffer from NVP, and about 1 million women are exposed to Zofran or its generic version every year, Corin reported. Study authors say there are other safer FDA-approved treatments for NVP. There is no reason for women to be exposed to a drug of unproven maternal and fetal safety when there are safer options currently available, Corin wrote. Citing conflicting data, earlier studies found no safety issues with Zofran, but newer research suggests the earlier data was not accurate enough to draw good conclusions. For instance, an earlier and smaller study of 176 women found no connection between the drug and malformations. But the sample size was too small to detect any risk that was less than threefold. So it couldn't actually rule out the possibility of risk. And in February 2013, scientists published in the New England Journal of Medicine a study of 2,000 women from a Danish birth registry spanning from 2004 to 2011. It revealed that the medication did not pose a harm to fetuses. However, half the women in the study began taking the drug at about 10 weeks, past the window of time when malformations could develop. Now, several months later, at a meeting of the International Society of Pharmacoepidemiology, Danish researchers presented their evidence collected from their 13 years of data. It remains the sample set published to date. This study found that 58% of women out of 1,248 women that took Zofran In the first trimester had a baby with a birth defect representing a 30 percent increase risk now GlaxoSmithKline the maker and distributor of Zofran paid three billion dollars to settle fraud allegations a real side effect of Zofran's questionable safety is lawsuits both federal and civil The Department of Justice sued GlaxoSmithKline for unlawful promotion and failure to report safety data of a number of its drugs, including Zofran. Now, Glaxo pled guilty to illegally promoting the drug to treat morning sickness in pregnant women. The company agreed to pay $3 billion in 2012 to resolve the charges. Now, families of babies who suffered birth defects because of Zofran are also lining up to sue the drug giant because the drug's label contains no safety warnings about birth defects. As of October, 2015, these lawsuits were consolidated into a multi-district litigation. Now, women who've used the drug during pregnancy gave birth to babies with birth defects including cleft palates and lips, club feet, heart defects, and a condition in which the skull is abnormally shaped and may not have enough space for the brain. This last malformality can cause vision problems, eating issues, and mental impairment. Now, i something of a blast from the past in the 70s a drug used to prevent morning sickness called thalidomide was discovered to cause severe birth defects such as missing limbs in children and in the wake of the disaster in 1977 the fda even banned women who could become pregnant from participating in early stage clinical trials but researchers also ended up also excluding women who used contraception, were not sexually active, or who were homosexual. The ban set women's health back a few decades and exposed women to dangerous side effects. And it took almost 20 years to reverse this mandate in 1993. In 1993, the National Institute of Health Revitalization Act mandated the inclusion of women in clinical clinical trials. However, this law only applied to NIH trials. That is, trials run by drug companies were under no obligation to comply with the act, and 90% of all trials were and are funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So with this lack of enforcement, even the NIH had trouble following its own mandate. Studies conducted by the NIH in the years following its much-lauded 1993 Act did include more women. Yet, about 75% of studies published in four major journals in 1993, 95, 97, and 98 failed to analyze data by gender. And as it turns out, the FDA was actually excluded from this mandate. That is, according to Diana Zuckerman, president of the National Center for Health Research, quote, How does it make any sense... That the agency that's deciding which drugs and devices should be approved is the one that doesn't have to worry if there are women or people of color or people over 65 or any other group in the clinical trials unquote by 2001 two-thirds of trials still excluded women while 91 percent of studies found evidence that gender made a huge difference in the way in which drugs were metabolized or in the occurrence of adverse reactions, scientists failed to analyze the results. Now with this information, I'm sure many of you listening are aware of the effects of Ambien on women versus the effects of Ambien on men. And Ambien is a sleeping pill. It wasn't until years after the release of Ambien that it was discovered that women metabolized the drug at a much slower rate than men, meaning that a standard dose for a man was not equal to a standard dose for a woman, and it was actually found that women should have been taking at least half the dose that a man would take. So it just goes to show that there's a tremendous amount of incompetence surrounding not only the FDA, but these pharmaceutical companies. The fact that these pharmaceutical companies are driven by greed ultimately results in us suffering the side effects of their dark ambitions. Know what you're putting in your body. Always ask for the data. And always, always do your research. Thank you for listening to this episode of Warlike Art, and I hope you join me for the next episode. Stay strong, realize you are loved, and understand that you are honored for your strength to carry forward.